Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Friday, May 28th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include the third part of my dad's interview with Dean Harrington and a slew of month-end economic releases. I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Shamrock Home Loans, recently named by the National Mortgage News, the number five best mortgage company to work for. Shamrock is expanding across the United States with the commitment to build the next generation of mortgage lenders. Shamrock's core purpose is driven by the belief that everyone deserves to live in a home they love. The aggressive underwriting and customer support culture brings about one of the highest retention rates among loan officers in the U.S. With access to the best technology tools and operational support, Loan officers and branch managers can flexibly serve realtors, builders, and consumers. To experience how truly unique Shamrock is, visit theshamrockhuddle.com to learn more. Looking at the highways this Friday morning before Memorial Day, it would seem traffic is already bad out there. As I was sitting in some yesterday, I saw a sign on a beekeeper's truck that said, If you see me running, things have gone poorly, and you should run too. Life throws us plenty of surprises. Did you know that America's top 100 landowners now control an area as large as the state of Florida? And that their accumulation of property has increased by 50% since 2007? Well, we're on land and its use, Indiana's Carol Kay reminded us that self-storage is a notably American phenomenon. 90% of the world's self-storage inventory is in the U.S. About 1 in 10 U.S. households are customers, and self-storage units take up 1.9 billion square feet roughly 33,000 football fields. Please enjoy the third and final part of my dad's interview with Dean Harrington. Dean has spent over four decades in the consumer finance industry, working on everything from account collections to loan approvals, and a little bit of everything in between. Under his leadership, Shamrock has grown from a small broker shop focused on direct marketing to a regional lender committed to the home purchase market through a strong network of referrals. The, the industry turned on a dime work from home. IT groups around the country excelled at getting people set up. The borrowers out there barely missed a beat. Now there's a more uh, methodical process about bringing employees back as 2021 moves along. What is Shamrock doing in terms of getting people back from working from home or are you at all? Yeah, we, we got everybody back pretty aggressively to what our states would allow. As soon as they would allow certain numbers here in the Northeast where our corporate office is, it's a little more restrictive, uh, but we got everybody back at, at as soon as we could. Then we had a pivot. We couldn't have as many people, so we sent them home. But we wanted everybody in the building as quickly as we could. Now we have all the precautions taken. We have all the plexiglass and all the things that are necessary to keep uh, people comfortable working in the office. But we wanted to get them back as soon as we could. We did something really interesting. I could talk about it now, I suppose. So what we did is we took a big part of our offices and we set up a Zoom school for kids, kind of. We called it Shamrock Academy. And we brought those kids, would let the parents bring the kid in to Shamrock. We hired a bunch of tutors and had them situated to work. They, they, the kids loved it. We're going to have a graduation party here shortly for everybody that went through it. So we got people back, but we also recognized that our moms can't come back if their kid has to be home in Zoom school, which in the Northeast was a big issue. Uh, Schools were not coming back as readily as they were in some of the other parts of the country. So we had this great opportunity to develop the next generation of workers out of kids that were in first grade, second grade, fifth grade, eighth grade. We We had ninth graders. So we got people back pretty quickly. The question 
is is out there when I talk to other CEOs and owners of, of companies about what kind of measures that you put in place or anybody put in place in the last period of time during the pandemic, which measures will be kept going forward? And you just mentioned the university and, and kids coming in. What, <clears throat> what, will you, what do you think you'll keep going forward uh, into 2022 and 2023 and perhaps beyond? Some help element for our moms and, and dads, some element of helping them with childcare after school or during school is a definite thing. We also keep everybody set up at home. So the screens, we use four screens for most of our production people and our administrative staff. So they all have those at home. They don't take them back and forth. So if they want to work from home and they can go from home, our LOS allows us to track um, just everything short of keystrokes, like a lot of good LOSs do now. So not that we want to be a nanny state by any means, but we can we can know that somebody is getting their workload accomplished. And if they get accomplished from eight to five, great. If it's if it's 8.30 to six, great, just as long as they have a work-life balance. So I think loving on our moms when they have stresses with their kids is, is probably the, the biggest thing that we'll take away from this because it's a differentiator. It's, it plays to our values and it's, uh, you know, it's a server's heart for people. Very good. Very good. I wanted to ask you, we're talking about employees helping, helping them achieve a work-life balance like that. What do you think has been the biggest challenge during the pandemic in terms of morale? You've talked about bringing them back as soon as possible, but what have your managers been doing to, to help boost morale? Is it, is it just the regular communication? Uh, does Shamrock uh, encourage, you know, trivia games, you know, uh, happy hours, whatever it might be. How, how have you kept the employees upbeat. We've done quarterly um, to the number of people we can get, but we can get as much as 100 now in some locations. Um, Nights will go out and rent a facility, bring a band in, bring some music in. Uh, Just quarterly celebrations have been big. We still do our huddle almost every day. We do it three times a week in the building, and then uh, we have a remote setup to do it outside the building. Those are big. I mean, us staying in touch with people through our huddle and our Facebook close page, we read the closings, we go through where the pipeline is. Um, as far as the fun stuff, it's really kind of the gym stuff. Um, we'll send up, we do a lot of gifting. We're big giftology people. Um, so we, we try to do that. But uh, we still have a lot of people in the office, Robbie, and we, we didn't really lose them for that long a period where we had to go too crazy with this. But I think if people were answering this in the company, it's just a lot of um, shared interaction with your manager. A lot of, a lot of interaction. We, we don't have, we don't have any barriers or walls. You know, we talk, talk about our three uniques at Shamrock. It's kind of our elevated speech that, you know, mortgages are all we do. Uh, we've been doing it for 32 years and our leadership team is accessible to everybody from referral partners to employees. Everybody has my cell number. Um, they have broad cell number so, so there's a lot of interaction after hours based on where they are. We do similar things in the morning. We do a, a morning prayer meeting, which is optional to anybody who wants to jump in. Zoom's been great for that because it allows people from different states to join us in that. So unless I'm forgetting something, that's pretty much covers it. Very good. Well, Dean, I think that 
Shamrock's success has you know, speaks for itself uh, in terms of not only your growth, but how you're growing and certainly with an eye on employees and, and their knowledge and their morale and bringing in the next gen and, and keeping them update, updated on policies and procedure changes and so forth. So I wanted to thank you for joining us uh, and, and sharing that information. Keep up, keep up the great work. I really appreciate you doing this. Um, I know it's a lot of uh, theoretical culture, core values. Those, those words get thrown around a lot and they don't mean much. But I really appreciate you asking me those questions and uh, give me a chance to talk about them because we're passionate about them. You bet. It seems like bond traders have already headed for Long Island, as Thursday was a quiet day. Headlines, which went largely ignored, included a steady slide in the overnight futures market, President Biden calling for $6 trillion in spending for fiscal 2022, the day's $62 billion seven-year note auction that was met with strong demand, a trend this week and the increased utilization of the Fed's reverse repurchase facility. Economic data on the day showed an unchanged second estimate for Q1 GDP at 6.4%, strong but backwards looking. The Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, which is the preferred inflation index of the Fed, rose 3.7% in Q1 and 2.5% excluding food and energy, above the Fed's 2% target. April pending home sales from the National Association of Realtors showed a drop due to the impact of competition for low home inventory, and the upward pressure on home prices. Home builders have also been facing escalating costs. This week's Freddie Mac primary mortgage market survey saw the 30-year fixed rate fall 5 basis points to back below 3%, at 2.95%. Despite the MBA reporting forbearances decreasing, Black Knight reported another week of increases. Forbearance volumes rose by another 16K, only the third overall increase over the past 12 weeks. Today's month-end calendar is busy and includes some first-tier data already out with April personal income and spending, down 13.1% and up 0.5% respectively, core PCE prices, up 3.6% for the year, and the goods deficit, in $85.2 billion. All were expected to show large year-over-year distortions from 2020 due to base effects. We've also seen wholesale and retail inventories, and at plus 0.8% and negative 1.6% respectively. Later this morning brings Chicago PMI for May, and final May Michigan sentiment, ahead of the long Memorial Day weekend. Today sees just one MBS purchase operation, with the desk purchasing up to $3.2 billion UMBS 32% and 2.5%. Speaking of the Fed, the desk released a new MBS purchase schedule yesterday afternoon that covers the May 28th to June 11th period, which will total $54.5 billion as expected and featured no changes to the agency and coupons versus the prior schedule. Today, with its early bond market close, starts with agency MBS prices and the 10-year unchanged, yielding 1.61% despite the gobs of economic numbers. No joke today in honor of Memorial Day. Give more than a passing thought to those who gave their lives for us. See you Tuesday. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.